Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. in. I am delighted today because I have got Lisa Cook with me, who's the founder and MD of Get On Board Australia. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome on in. I'm really excited that you're here with me today. I am very excited to be here too. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, Lisa is... um, Uh, a lady who supports aspiring and new board members and also existing board members and the boards themselves to really thrive in those roles. And she's also uh, a podcaster. She has the podcast Board Shorts podcast, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about that at the end. But what we've come together to do today, Lisa and I, because I get asked a lot from clients of mine about how can I get involved in boards? Is it worth my time? Um, and I thought, I've got to get an expert in. So I've asked Lisa to come and speak with us. And she's definitely the expert we need. So we're bringing you a three-part series, which we have lovingly called How to Become an Influential Board Member. And today we're starting at the beginning. So if you're somebody who's been thinking about whether to get involved in a board, Um, you're not quite sure, you want to land your first board position, today's episode is absolutely for you. (laughs) So let's get started. Um, Lisa, I wonder if you could um, share with us in your experience, because I know you've been doing this a very long time now, um, what do you think having board experience does? How is that so valuable for individuals? Yeah, well, there's probably two main ways to look at value that you get from having board experience. And I kind of put these in two buckets, um, which is not a scientific view of it, but kind of a a practical way to look at it. One of it is definitely around a personal value that you gain from your board experience. And really what that's about is having the opportunity to give back um, either to an industry or to a cause that's important to you, that's valuable to you, or really just using your expertise that you've spent time developing in a day job, I normally sort of call any type of professional endeavor that you go through, um, really using that to contribute to something more, something beyond what you're doing in your day job. So that's kind of around your personal reasons and the personal value that you gain from board experience. The other I'm going to throw into the professional value bucket. So another really uh, compelling reason why people pursue a board career is really around a couple factors. And those include, obviously, understanding corporate governance a little bit more um, and improving those skills, not just for the board that you're on now, but a lot of people have the ambition to continue on boards, larger organisations, what I call more sophisticated boards, for want of a better descriptor, 
um, they're building that skill set to continue to serve on boards and build their board portfolio as they move through their career. The other is getting a better understanding of the board and the business processes. So when we're in our day job in a professional capacity, we're kind of a little bit siloed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we kind of lose perspective of how we fit into the whole puzzle that is a broader organisation. And so people want to build their understanding for that so they can apply that in the workplace as well. Um, Also a huge one that people, um, they may not join boards to get this, but a kind of unintended happy consequence of it is that they build their confidence. And of course, confidence in the boardroom is one thing, but then you can bring that back into the workplace Mm. and that's just hugely valuable on a number of different measures. And your network. I mean, the, the thing that I think is really interesting about that is obviously you get exposure to senior people you probably wouldn't necessarily get exposure to, whether they're in your industry or not in your industry. I mean, you can get a really good exposure for from networking perspectives too, can't you? Yeah, definitely. It 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 opens up, especially if you're joining a board or an organization that's in a different industry, you're just opening up a whole bunch of different Um, people that you're going to be not just on that board but within that organization and then any type of events or functions that you're attending as part of your board capacity Mm. you're just opening up a whole new audience to yourself. Absolutely and I think from my perspective because I'm always looking at things through the view of personal branding I think it's a big credibility piece too it's a you know it's a big deal to have on your CV and for people who are decision makers within your organization to know that you're somebody who is taking it seriously, you're somebody who's stepping up, you're somebody who's investing in yourself and trying to expand your experience, your expertise, your network. Yeah, definitely. And I also think that speaks to being really, um, really cautious and intentional about what board you do end up joining. Mm. You know, we, we hear the old saying, guilt by association. So really, um, looking into and doing your due diligence on your fellow board members or fellow potential board members is really important from that perspective as well as others. So say, for example, you're somebody who's quite new to this concept and you're keen to get involved. You don't quite know what to do. You don't quite know where to start. So you've mentioned that it's good to kind of go and and invest some, do some research into understanding boards that are, you know, a good fit for you. And also potentially ones where you've got a passion area already, or you share some values with that organization. Is there anything else that you would highlight as a good sort of um, set of steps that you could research when looking for the right opportunity for you when it comes to a board opportunity? Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you kind of hit the two nails on the head, which are the the main ones, and I'll circle back to those. Um, But what is right is really subjective to ourselves. So what is a right board for me would be different to what is a right board for you and the next person and so on and so on. So it, it largely comes back to really aligning yourself with a board where your unique value proposition can shine Um, that it's welcome there, that it's valued and it's valuable. And that obviously means that it really is dependent on a number of different factors and it's dependent on you knowing exactly what is your unique value proposition. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a starting point right there. Exactly. And a lot of people, because we're 
a lot of people struggle with it. And it's not because um, we lack confidence or anything like that. A lot of us struggle because we just do what we do. We're just who we are. We don't, we don't have the benefit of being able to remove ourselves from ourselves and look back on ourselves and go, wow, that's a really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> look at me. Yeah, that's why you need help in, um, may, you might have an inclination of what that is, uh, but sometimes it, it's nice to have that outside perspective from someone who mm. knows you. When we're talking boards, it's normally in a professional capacity that can really help us to either identify it or be able to talk about it in a way that's, that resonates. And mm. when I talk about that resonates, it needs to resonate with those boards that you're positioning yourself for. Um, what also comes back to what I said before is that you've got to know what kind of environments you can thrive in. Yes. What are those cultures, um, structures, ways of being with that particular group that allows you to bring your best every single time. And if we're talking in the board sense, that's the culture in the boardroom, that's the leadership style of the chair, and really what are the expectations placed on the board members and, and who are the other people on your team and how do they all work together? What are their rhythms? What, how do they work? How do they get their job done? And these are some of the things we don't really think about um, with boards, but they're just a team like any other team uh, and constrained a little bit because we don't come together every day or five days a week. We're coming together a couple hours to a day, once a month, once every other month, you know, really infrequently. Mm. And it's it's important then that this is a well-oiled machine where you can bring your best. So you've got to know that about yourself. You've got to have a lot of self-awareness here. Um, and also you've really got to be conscious about what are your motivations for wanting to join a board and really check in that they're... Um, that they're not for the wrong reasons. So we don't want to join a board just to join a board so I can put it on my CV and tell 100%. people, hey, I'm on a board. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and some people say that. That's what they want to get on a board so they can tell people they're on a board. I don't think that's what you can rest your motivations on when it comes to uh, pursuing a board career. You don't want to join it for ego reasons. You don't want to go there and, and feel like, you're always the smartest in the room, that it's all about you, all of that kind of stuff is not going to fly in the boardroom if you don't have enough time. So when you're assessing what is the right opportunity, you need to be considering how often are they meeting, how much do they have to work through every board meeting. So it's not just showing up at the board meeting, it's your preparation time. It's all the other functions and events and strategy days and things like that that you may have to go to chances are you will have to serve on a board committee and you've got to factor that time mm. into your calendar and do you have enough time because the worst thing you could be is that board member that doesn't show up because yeah, 100%. you're just wasting a chair at the table so they're the real main things that you want to be thinking about when assessing whether a board opportunity is right for you. 
So say, for example, I think there's so much good advice in there. I just want to rewind something you said earlier in there. Say, for example, you identify a board that you really kind of look like the look of in terms of it's a good fit for you. You like the kind of mission that they're on. How would you say, for example, you've got no contacts on that board already. How would you sort of infiltrate that to do that research that you mentioned that is so important? Like, what's the culture of the board? You know, what kinds of people are on this board? Um, how do they do business? Are they a very proactive board or are they quite, you know, hands off? How would you actually find that information out? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of avenues. If we want to kind of think of taking a, we'll say a generic look at the organisation, checking out their website, checking out their social media channels, going through their annual reports if you can see them, Googling it and seeing what kind of news articles turn up or don't, and really trying to get a sense of what they stand for, how they operate, how they're positioned, what they're doing, what they're up to, really whether that organisation is at a point where you feel like you can add value to it as part of it as well. I won't go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) So you take a generic... (laughs) Do, do your due diligence in a more sort of generic fashion like that, yeah. uh, which you should do when you're considering joining any board and any organisation. Um, have a look into the lives of the board members. Chances are they're on LinkedIn. Uh, and, and really check them out, Google them, see what's going on. If you want to be really um, fastidious, you can jump onto the ASIC site and check if they're a disqualified person. <laughs> Hopefully they're not. <laughs> Sometimes people might slip through the cracks, and it right, sure. That's what you um, said. Yeah, I love hopefully, that. Hopefully that's not a problem. Um, but while you're on LinkedIn, this is where you can check who are they connected with, yeah. and are there any mutual connections that you and they have that you may be able to tap on the shoulder and ask for an introduction. And it's not just to to then use that person and go, hey, I want to get on your board. You know, how do I do that? It's it's just it's it's authentically intentionally reaching out to them. It's connecting with them. It's perhaps getting in touch and saying, hey, I'm really interested in this organization at a board level. This is the value, this is why it's important to know your unique value proposition. This is what I have to offer. And you're not doing it in a way that's just, this is me, this is me, I'm so good. It's talking Mm. about it in a way that's meaningful for that organization. So that shows that you've done your research into it, that you've positioned yourself in that context. And so you're going, this is what I have to offer you. And this is why, this is my motivation behind wanting to join your board and this organization. And how would I go about uh, perhaps registering my interest in joining your board? I love that, which kind of answers my next question, which is around how you, how do you actually kind of get yourself into an interview sort of position? Because I think yeah. um, what you're saying is absolutely right. It's like a job application, like any other job application. You've got to think about how you're going to add value to them. Yes. And you're going to be able to make an impact. Maybe there's some sort of skills gap, for example, on that board yeah. that you could fill. Um, but you, exactly, it's understanding your value proposition and how you're going to be able to make um, a difference. So are there actual skills or experiences Lisa that are you know particularly valuable on boards um are there particular skills at the moment that are particularly valuable on boards or maybe you could share the kinds of skills that they look for 
Yeah, and I think really at the heart of it, I mean, skills-based boards and skills-based board recruitment is very well established these days. And so in general, boards are looking for skills and expertise that complements the rest of the people who are around the table for the next year or two and beyond. Um, some organisations go further depending on how big they are that they will incorporate their senior management in that skills matrix as well. I think that's important too because you do have bench strength beyond the board that's not to be ignored and do you necessarily need that particular expertise at a board level or is it okay to just keep it at that senior leadership level? Right, yeah. And then it depends on there. Um, and what are the skills what is the expertise? What is that piece of the puzzle that that board and organisation needs to achieve its strategic ambitions? And, and how can you piece into that? So I think it's a long way of saying it depends. It really yeah. does depend on the board um, at a particular time because there's always rotation, hopefully, of board members, some coming in, some coming off. And so that skills mix is going to change. Layered on top of that is um, a whole bunch of other stuff that you've got to think about as well. It's the, the microeconomic things that surround that particular business in that particular industry, in that particular location. What is the bigger um, economic elements that are contributing and affecting this particular organization at a particular time. So everything's kind of in flux. It's always changing at a particular time. Certain skills are needed. Mm. Certain ones aren't, um, which is why you need to know yourself so that when you're assessing these um, boards that you come across, these board opportunities, that you can see how you fit in yes. and then you can communicate that back. And so... Yeah. It's all different. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that boards will recruit based on sort of hard skills, expertise. What can you bring to us? What do you have to offer? But what keeps you on a board are the soft skills. They're the interpersonal skills. They're the social side of things. What I call the people stuff. Yes. Governance and board service is easy. It's the people stuff that makes it complex. That's a really interesting observation. Yeah. That's really interesting because, of course, it's like, you know, if you've got to be together, you want to be with people who you enjoy being with and who you find, you know, add value and you connect, there's good rapport, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really interesting observation. Um, so the thing that I, I hear from that, it's like, a, it's like a job ad again, right? You know, say, for example, you apply, essentially, you connect with somebody on LinkedIn, you said, this is my, you know, unique proposition. This is where I can add the value. This is where I'm really passionate. And there may not be an opportunity for you right now, but because that concept of flux and the fact that, you know, there's a rotation that goes on with board members, now that you've kind of put your name in the running, it doesn't necessarily mean that you may be kind of successful now, but maybe in six months, maybe in 12 months, yeah. it might come full circle back to you. 100%. Um, don't give up, but don't be a pest. Um, <laughs> But also, nobody likes a pest. Yeah, that's right. That'll get you blacklisted. Um, what you may want to do is not just say, hey, I'm only looking for a board role, because that kind of seems a bit disingenuous. If you really like this organization and what it's trying to do, why not 
ask how you can volunteer if it's a volunteer organization and why not ask about serving on a committee so you can serve on a committee without being on the board yeah boards love that because they get a trial run of you and get to see you in action before bringing you into sort of that that board land yes the full throes of it that's yeah. such good advice. I love that. It's like a tester. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you could test them and they can test you. And I think exactly. that's a really smart strategy. Exactly. Um, Never forget that you're assessing that board as much as they're assessing you. Absolutely. It should always be a two-way street, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That has been so interesting, Lisa. Thank you so much. You're most um, welcome. So if, if somebody who's listening is thinking, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I need to do right now. I really want to understand more about this. How can they learn more from you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. They can jump over to the website, which is getonboardaustralia.com.au. They can find our uh, thriving community on Facebook called Board Talk and you can join there. That's completely free. Um, you can also find the Board Shorts podcast. There's heaps of info there. I've just released my 50th episode this oh, week. So awesome. <laughs> After many, many years of consistent inconsistency. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And always on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes. So if you awesome. want to contact with Lisa, you can. No problem. Lisa, thank you so much. That's been fantastic. And ladies, listen out because we're going to be also sending you down the route of the next part of our three-part series very soon. So look out for that soon. Yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. I so enjoyed that episode with Lisa. I learned such a lot about how to start looking for that board position that's right for you, how to set yourself up for the best success. And there are lots of ways you can connect with Lisa. So make sure you do visit the show notes to get access to her podcast Um, You can connect with her on LinkedIn. And also, of course, there's the free Facebook group that she has. I also wanted to reach out because if you're looking for um, success in your career, too, and you're looking to move up a notch in your career, then we are here for you at Illuminate Personal Growth, too. And we have a free download that you might want to access, which is called The Seven Habits of Female Execs Who Get Promoted. And it is crammed with really valuable, useful, practical advice to help you land that next promotion. So if you want to get hold of your copy, just go to rebeccasfreegift.com and you'll get access straight away. I so look forward to seeing you again next week. See you then.